Welcome to the Life After Sugar podcast. The podcast that's not just about sugar, but about your relationship with it and also with food and especially with yourself. So if you want to discover your life after sugar and hear inspiring stories from all kinds of people who also cut out sugar in their way, at their pace, for their own reasons, this is the podcast for you. Because you know, when you take away the sugar, you can finally discover the real sweetness in your life. I'm your host, Netta Gorman. And in this week's episode, I'm talking with Martin Scher, who calls himself the compassionate CEO or chief eating officer of his mind, body and spirit. And he talks about how he created this approach in his own life when he realized that he's responsible and accountable for everything in his life, including his health, fitness and well-being. And when he began to treat his mind, body and spirit with compassion and applied business principles to how, when and what he was eating, then it changed his life. And now he's helping others to change their lives too. We'll get to our chat in just a minute. And this week's episode is brought to you by the After Sugar Club which is where you'll get the step-by-step guidance you need from me to help you let go of sugar and the emotional hold it has on you so that you can get to a place of freedom where you don't even need, want or miss it anymore. Check out everything that's included in the After Sugar Club at aftersugarclub.com and click on the green button, join the club. And if you're an intermittent faster, then I have five tips for you to help you get rid of cravings that may be getting in the way of you living your easy and natural intermittent fasting lifestyle. Go to aftersugarclub.com and download my five tips there. And if this is your first time here, welcome. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast so that it appears magically in your podcast player every Sunday. And if you've listened to several episodes before and you haven't yet left a review, could I ask you to scroll down, please, and rate the podcast by tapping on the stars and leave a lovely review to tell me how this podcast is helping you in your life after sugar. Has it inspired you to reduce sugar? Has it made you think about sugar a little bit differently? Let me know. I love reading your reviews. Thank you. All right, here's my chat with CEO Martin Scher. Today I'm talking with Martin Scher down in Birmingham, Alabama. Hi, Martin. Lovely to see you. Thank you so much for having me here, Nana. I really appreciate it and been looking forward to it. You're very welcome. Martin, can you tell us a little bit about how you grew up and your relationship with sugar and food from when you were a child? Okay, well, this this is an interesting story, and one I want to tell. I had I had a great childhood. I had three mothers. My first mother was my biological mother. My second mother was my grandmother, who I called Honey, and I lived with Honey actually in her room growing up. And then we had a um, a house 
housekeeper who kind of lived with us. Her name was Mary, who was my third mother. And all these, all three of my mothers raised me and they came from the depression and they wanted me to eat and it, to make them happy. And so, I, of course, I did a good job at that. And I ended up getting a little chubby when I was a kid. In fact, my mother thought I was twins when I was, when I was born, before I came. But anyway, honey... Honey uh, was the person in the uh, in our family that did the sweets. She did everything from scratch. She'd make strudel and cakes and pies, and uh, she was very proud and you know the, with her desserts and what, whatever. So she um, she her her favorite uh, pie was lemon meringue pie, and she would you know serve it to everybody. We'd all be excited about it, and. Um, she would say, if you didn't eat a second piece of pie, she, I, we were going, you know, we'd, she'd be insulted and she would never make it again. So I always had the second piece of pie because I was just trying to please people with food. So anyway, so um, they were trying to feed me and make me happy, my three mothers. And uh, I, obviously I got a few problems. They, they weren't overweight or have a problem. They just did, they just wanted to see me eat. So, uh, you know, I made it through that, and I, it was a little chubby all my life. I played a lot of sports, so I kept myself sort of fit, but I was always heavy and had problems with food and uh, ate too much. Yeah, okay. And so it was very emotionally charged, as it were, for you to eat these types of foods, especially the desserts that your three mothers sort of, I wouldn't say pushed on you, but it made them happy, right? Right. It did make them happy. And it was, there is a lot of emotion around that. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I think a lot of people can relate to that. And so when did you feel that this making your mothers happy was turning into something a little less positive and a little more problematic for you? Um, probably when I went on, I never, first of all, I wrote my own you know, plan a number of years ago about losing weight. I lost weight over 15 years. I made a decision to, uh, to look, you know, run my, run my body and spirit like I was the CEO of my company. So the first thing I did was identify my problems when I sat down and decided to do this. And I had about 14 problems. And it wasn't until I did that, until I looked at my problems, that I realized that I had a problem with stuff from my childhood. I looked really hard and really thought about why I'm overweight. And just it really took me over a, a number of months till I could figure out a lot of what it was. But I had 14 problems and identified what my problems are. And I, I wrote something called the Skinny CEO Pledge. You know, that is, uh, you know, where I identify the problems and then I have a solution to the problems after I identify them all. And these are my affirmations that I've said, you know, about 10,000 times ever since I decided to go on a diet. And I really have, you can't really get rid of bad habits, but you can over time with a lot of repetition change some things that you think that, you know, to think about more positively. They never go away, the bad habits, but I do. You know, I do um, I have identified them. All right. Well, we're going to get to your uh, affirmations in just a minute. But I'm curious to know, can I ask how old you were when you identified your 14 problems? Yeah, I was 56 years old. We were on a family vacation in Cape Sands, Florida. 
And so it's 15 years ago. Okay, and how does that happen that you spend the, you know, the, a large number of years in your life with a problem, but not aware of the problem or problems in the plural? And then oh, you no, sit I was, down. I was, I was aware of the problem, you know, ever since I was a little kid, because I was overweight my entire life. My real problem was I couldn't, I, I didn't deal with it. I, I'm a yo-yo batter and I was up and down and up and down all my entire life and did low fat and low carb and, and everything. And I exercised every day like a maniac, really. But over 40 years while I was running my business, I gained a pound on average every every year, which that's 3,500 calories. So I just used, I really used exercise that helped me not gain more weight. And, you know, it was kind of had an unhealthy. Well, I enjoy exercise and I still do it, but I really did a lot of it yeah. <laughs> all my life. Yeah. And and despite doing a lot of it, you still put on weight. Yes, I uh, I gradually gained weight. I go up or down. I'm not, you know, I never. Uh, I lost about fifty pounds, but I kind of a big, you know, I'm six two and I'm kind of large. So I never really wasn't ever a problem to me. You know, like people didn't make fun of me. I was, you know, played a lot of sports and stuff, and I was just frustrated. I could run a business, but I couldn't take care of my own body and lose the weight. I, re I really couldn't. I, I never made the irre irrevocable commitment that you have to make to lose weight. All right. Yes, yes. And so, as you said, I totally relate to that where you're like, well, I can do all these other things well. Why can't I, you know, look after my body? In your case, lose weight. In my case, it was getting pregnant or whatever, you know. It's mm -hmm. so frustrating that what seems to be complicated, like running a business, you've got down well, and then what seems to be less complicated, like looking after your body or losing weight, was just out of reach. And when I talk about um, your problems in, in air quotes, it goes way below or way beyond just weight loss, right? Mm -hmm. So how did you get to a point where you realized, wait a minute, this is more than just about weight. Okay, well, this this is what happened. We're going to Cape Sandblast, Florida, you know, this week. I turned 71 and I take my family there every year and we we just have a great time and do nothing. It's sort of like a Seinfeld episode. We sit there and do nothing all day. We just <laughs> yeah. love. But um, about, about 15 years ago when I said, you know, we were in Cape Sandblast when I started this thing. And I was uh, running down the beach and my son threw me a football and, my, and I was running for it and my hamstring uh, snapped. And so they, they got me, you know, they rolled me all up and got me in a hot tub and I sat in there for a while. And then that night I had dinner and we had a big dinner. I was feeling upset and we had, we had a steak and we had baked potatoes and I had, I think I had a half a pecan pie maybe, you know, I was just really eating a lot and I was upset. So um, I woke up the next morning, I got on the scale and I uh, looked down and it said 234.6. And uh, I really was kind of scared because my father died when he was 54. And my mother, I watched her have diabetes and have her uh, fingers chopped off over you know a number of years and had this terrible pain. And I said, I'm 57 years old. I love my family and I got to do something. This. I want to be around for them. So, uh, so that's 
that week when we were spending a week there, I spent a lot of the time, we're doing nothing anyway, so I can sit and, you know, uh, journal or do whatever I need to do. And I started writing my plan on what I needed to do to lose weight. And I made my own rules and it included, uh, you can have alcohol, you can have sweets, you can eat anything you want, and you don't have to exercise. Because I wanted it to be sustainable. So I figured out for myself, you know, how, how to do that. Because for, for the first 54 years of your life, or let's take away the first few, of, of course, um, you had been sort of in that paradigm of move more, do more exercise to lose weight. And had you changed that approach when you decided? Here's my question. When did you decide to do something different? Um, I decided to do something different during that week. I changed everything. I changed everything I did. I just re-looked at everything. Like, like in business, you have a problem and you, you know, brainstorm some solutions. You think about what you've done in the past and what you do about the future. So I, I, I had just retired from my business. I still own it, but I retired. But I looked at what I needed to do, like the business. And I never did it when I was in business. I had time and I was retired now. And I said, this is what I'm going to do. My health is the most important thing to myself and my family. And, you know, that, that's what I was going to do. So how did you go from this very emotional connection with food to this more rational, you know, let's sit down and make a list of problems? Um, okay, it's interesting you said that. I was kind of caught off guard because... I, didn't, I really didn't have an emotional, I mean, I don't think, I never thought of myself as having an emotional connection to food. You, you said that, and I realized I do, and there were some emotions involved in it, but I guess I never had time to think about it because I just did what I did. So I, I really wasn't sitting thinking about my, how big I was, and I, I really wasn't that terribly big for my size, it, it, but I was worried about my, my health, I guess, mainly. Yeah. So having a hard time answering that question because I didn't, yeah. didn't, see, didn't see this emotional until I really did something about it. I got, yeah, I get it. And we don't always see it as emotional. We're either in denial or it's just not on our radar. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, and that's very probably why weight loss approaches don't work because we don't get to the heart of what's actually going on. Right. So can we go back, can we circle back to when you made your list of problems, you said there were 14 problems. Were mm -hmm. they all about your health and your weight? No, they were, uh, it was eating behavior was about seven of them. I, you know, I, I eat the, the seven parts of eating behavior is uh, eat when I'm hungry, you select, you sit, you eat slowly, savor every bite, stop at satiety sticks, divert. All the things you do when you sit down at the table, I did horribly all my entire life, you know, uh, when I say horribly, I might be being hard on myself, but I wasn't satisfied with what I did. Every one of those, I ate, I ate really fast. Um, and that was probably my biggest problem. And when I dealt with that, with tiny habits, I was able to cure a lot of my 14 problems. It took care of about half of them. There were a lot of things related to eating to, you know, too fast, you never feel satiety, you know, you, you, so you overeat and all that kind of stuff. So I built all these little tiny habits and over a year, uh, uh, I was averaging probably eating about 15 or 20 minutes a day, all my meals or whatever I had, and I turned that into 100 minutes a day. 
Sorrel is always the first one to be finished as the last one finished. And I worked uh -huh. on that by doing tiny little habits every day. So you went from someone who ate their meals within 15, 20 minutes to taking 100 minutes to eat a meal, right? right? I stopped and uh, I savored every bite and I stopped to talk to somebody. I wasn't just like engorged in my food, like looking at everything. Yes, yes, that's a huge change. And mm -hmm. when did you discover intermittent fasting? Oh, this is interesting because I, 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 after I'd lost the weight, I'd lost 40 pounds, I went to um, Cape Sandblast, Florida again with the family. We've done that every year for a number of years. So I went to a bookstore with my wife and I see this book called Fast, Feast, Repeat. And it's Jim Stevens' book. And I got that book. I went home and I read it in three hours, just sitting out on the deck, looking at the ocean. And I said, this is exactly what I wish I'd have known my entire life. I mean, this makes so much sense. I took to it immediately. And uh, I went from, uh, let's see, I started with about a, six hour window and by the end of the week I was doing 21 to 22 hours a day. In a week? Yeah. Wow. Were you not Because I was, I was already, um, you know, I usually ate, I didn't eat breakfast when I was during my life. You know, I just, I got up, I went to work, had my coffee, and then I worked out in the middle of the day actually, and then I'd eat something about one o'clock. So that was, you know, I might eat it sometime between 10 and 1 my entire life so yeah it wasn't, it wasn't that hard yeah yes that's amazing that's amazing mm -hmm. and so you discovered intermittent fasting or you sort of you, after you read Jin's book right, right. She, she's influenced a lot of us for the better and then at what point did you decide I'm going to apply the principles of business to my health and my eating patterns and my intermittent fasting? Well, honestly, my, my father passed away and I had, I'd been running the business since uh, I was 22 years old. I went straight out of college to being a CEO owner, you know, of the business. And that's really all I knew to do. That, that, that's all I knew. However, I ran my business. I said, it'll make sense for business. I'll just do it for myself. And that's, that's what I did. I really... That was my only frame of reference. I always had to run my business. I just want to take a little break to tell you that if you're looking for some help and support to help you start cutting sugar, especially if you want the health benefits of an intermittent fasting lifestyle, but you know that sugar's derailing you, then go to my website, aftersugarclub.com and download your five tips for getting rid of cravings. If you're an intermittent faster and you want to cut sugar, but you feel alone like nobody understands your choice to feel better and live a healthier life, like nobody gets you, then the After Sugar Club is the place for you. Can you imagine what your life could be like with all the health benefits of intermittent fasting and less sugar, like more stable energy, better heart health, easier weight loss, less aches and pains and less inflammation, and fewer and less severe headaches. Intermittent fasting and cutting sugar can also help lower the risk of depression, give you better sleep, encourage a stronger immune system, 
and just like me, give you better digestion and less bloating, better gut health, you could be amazed to find that you have better mood, more mental clarity, improved skin, less hunger and cravings, and that really makes intermittent fasting easier. You could get all of these health benefits and more, but do you know that sugar could actually be tripping you up if what you really want is an easy and natural intermittent fasting lifestyle? In the After Sugar Club, you'll become part of a friendly and supportive private community that's not on Facebook. You'll have access to me and my insight and experience living seven years sugar-free, plus you'll have access to a wealth of videos, ideas, recipes, practical tips to replace sugar, and much more. And you'll also have access to our twice-monthly check-in calls, which is what I call our support calls, for guidance, encouragement, and accountability. The After Sugar Club isn't just about what you eat. It's about how you feel. And if you want to transform your relationship with sugar and feel free from the hold it has on you so that you can live a healthier lifestyle, including intermittent fasting, then come join us in the After Sugar Club. Go to aftersugarclub.com and click on the big green button, join the club. See you there. Yes, yeah, that was the the paradigm that you knew. But with your 14 problems that you listed out, um, mm. which ones did you attack first, as it were? Were they all equal or were there some that were more problematic? No, no I actually, uh, actually prioritized them from the 1st to the 14th so I could work in order like I would do in business. If I had a problem, let's say, what's the biggest problem you have? You start there that that can maybe solve some of the others. So that's what I did. Um, uh, and, you know, I just, when I did the first one, when I ate slower, I solved a number of them, like I had said. And then I just started picking off the other ones. And I, I'd, you know, focus on that maybe for a year. And I'd solve that with itty little, little you know, tiny habits. And so it wasn't ever really hard because I decided I wanted to lose weight slowly. I didn't want to lose it fast. And so I used an app like My Fitness Pal, and I, I kept up with everything. You know, just I like numbers and stuff, and that's you know I really like them in business. So uh, I used My Fitness Pal, and I figured out how to eat the most amount of food I can possibly eat and lose weight. So I purposely lost weight slow because I knew if I was going to do it fast, I'd just go back to my old habits that I have. And I'd made up my mind I was never going to die again. And I was going to lose the weight and I was going to change my habits. And it took me a long time, you know, but I was able to do it. Yes, yes. Very wise. Very wise to do it that way because losing weight fast, from what I can tell, hadn't been working anyway. No, sure hadn't. And so... um. Did you change what you ate or just when you ate? Um, uh, remember intermittent fasting I just did two years ago, so I, I did this. But I, I, I changed um, not when I ate but and not really what I ate. But, I, I, you know, we all eat. We don't really eat that many foods, most of us. You know, we eat 50 or 100 foods, you know. And I, I kind of eat healthy. I, I didn't eat a lot of junk. 
except when there was Alestra. Remember Alestra? There were chips. There were Doritos, and they used to have Dorito chips. And I used to eat them every night. And lucky I'm alive after after doing all that. So, so you weren't actually changing what you ate or when you ate yet, but maybe how you ate? Um, I just, all I did was to, I kept up my fitness pal and I, I knew exactly how many calories, carbs, fat, and sweets, calories. I, I have a, something I call the nutrition score. And you add up all those things and it added up to 2000 for me. And I would try to eat 1,950 calories of the normal things I ate that were healthy. Um, pretty much ate low carb most of my life. Um, and, but I, I really didn't eat that much processed food except during the low fat years. But, you okay. know, that yeah. was a long time ago. But um, it was, I, ate, I ate fairly healthy. I just ate a lot. Yes. Yeah, that's <laughs> had, fine. Yeah. And one of my problems was sweets after dinner. Yeah, I was just going to ask about sweets. Yeah, that, that, that came from honey. That's what I'm, I meant to say earlier. Her, her thing was, what she taught me is you got to eat sweets after dinner every night and have dessert. And I carried that all my life. And, and I still still kind of do. You had, you had taught me to abstain, and I did that for a couple of weeks. And then um, I actually used moder moderation or being a moderator because uh, I would have 130 calories a day when I was trying to lose weight. I limited to that, the sugar-free type things was my, my strategy on that. But then you helped me because I was able, you put the idea in my head to lose, go two weeks without it to see if you need to be an abstainer. And I figured out that I could abstain easy because I only had that craving for 20 seconds after dinner. And if I like did something else, it went away. So you know, it really helped me. I'm not going to totally quit because I think I can manage how many calories I can eat of it and not, not really eat much sugar. And that's the only time of day I want sweets is after dinner. All the credit goes to you for, you know, asking, reaching out to me mm -hmm. and asking, you know, or, or just being more aware of how your habits with sweets, you know, you've got to have a sweet at the end of a meal. That's what you always grew up with credit goes to you for questioning that you know and there's nothing wrong with that habit unless it's not serving you yeah, yeah it's uh i was able to deal with it on my own plan fine i was just moderating it and but it was really helpful that you put the idea in my head from one conversation we had just just try not having it for two weeks and that kind of scared me. I said, yeah, I've had it all my life. And even while I was losing weight, I had it. So I did it for two weeks and it was really no big deal for me because I didn't, I wasn't in the habit of eating them all day. Right. So that was, that was very helpful to me. Thank you for that. Good. Yeah. Great to hear. You know, sometimes what we think is impossible is actually possible. It's just that we've never tried it. Right. Right. Smashing. Hey, let's get back to your affirmations. I'm very curious to know. Mm -hmm. What those affirmations are, I'm 100% sure that um, they will help the listeners of this podcast. Can you share with us what they are and your CEO okay. pledge? Okay, I, I made up something called the Skinny CEO Pledge after I identified my all, all my problems. And I say this every day, and I've probably said it about 10,000 times. 
I'll just go ahead and do it. It takes about two minutes if you'll bear it with me. I am the unstoppable, compassionate chief eating officer of my mind and my body. I control food. Food does not control me. I eat to live now. I no longer live to eat. I eat food as fuel for my body, so I eat what I need the most, not what I want the most. The nutrition score rules, period, in the story, so I manage my nutrition score. My mindset is now how little can I eat, not how much. My mindset is how slow can I eat, not how fast. My mindset is how soon can I stop. I eat to satisfy hunger only. I no longer eat for comfort, entitlement, reward, celebration out of boredom because I'm excited, because I have a craving to want something or just to clean the food off my plate. I avoid the uncomfortable feeling of fullness forever. I select more whole, healthy, nutritious foods. I sit my eggs slowly, saving every bite. I stop at satiety 66. In fact, the hungrier I am, the slower I eat, and the slower I eat, the more I enjoy food. Every day is an opportunity to lose 0.2 pounds. I succeed in the moment, one moment at a time, and one day at a time, and I have an abundant, unlimited supply of willpower that never ends. I exercise for health, fitness, and enjoyment, not for weight loss, and I create my own new, healthy, itsy-bitsy, tiny micro-habits for me to use for the rest of my life. Because I am the unstoppable, compassionate, chief being officer of my mind and my body, now, 100% believe that I will weigh 179 and stay within three pounds of that weight for the rest of my life. Wow, that's amazing. You know that all off by heart. Yeah, I mean, after you say it a thousand times, you begin to know what it is. <laughs> yes. And, you know, from the little I know about affirmations, the more you say them, they, they filter into your brain and into your whole consciousness. And you create your reality from those affirmations. Has that been your experience? Exactly. It takes a lot. And it took me years. But now I kind of live that. I became what, you know, that's what I do. That's my, my behavior with food. It, it messes up every once in a while. But I've really changed my entire brain and how I think. And it's all in your head, all, all of this stuff, pretty much. It's 90%. I've worked real hard on that part. Agreed. Yes, yes. Health and weight loss, I, I found, and my relationship with sugar was first and foremost in my head and then in my body. Ah, exactly. I agree with that 100%. Yeah. So how has this sort of big switch in your life, in your health, in your mindset, how has that affected your relationship with your three mothers? Well, as far as thinking about them, because I'm obviously they're all gone, they're, they're long gone. And I did, it really, it, it didn't change anything with my three mothers. I loved them. They were great. I had the greatest upbringing value system. They were terrific to me. Um, but it was interesting to think, because I thought they were, everything I was doing was my fault. And a, most, a lot of it was, I, had, I was on half of the 14 you know, problems that I had. But it really was kind of nice to think about. I didn't think about it negatively. I thought about it lovingly because I missed them and it helped me think about them. And they were just, they just went through depression. It's that simple. They weren't going to have a baby that was, you know, not going to be able to eat something when they wanted it. Yeah. It's really kind of that simple, but just fond memories and no regret or anything like that at all. Yeah. No big guilt trip. No. And very often, yes, we feel guilty if we do change what we eat when it's emotionally charged um, mm -hmm. and comes from our parents and especially our mothers mm -hmm. but as you say it's no it's not a question of fault 
you know, your mother, or in your case, lucky, you have three, your mm -hmm. three mother figures brought you up with all the love in the world. And I would argue that the vast majority of mothers, parents, you know, bring us up with all the love and the positive intentions in the world. They're not trying to make us sick or fat. Mm -hmm. They're meaning to do the right thing. They're doing the right thing. And so are we as parents in our way as well. And that nothing can take that away. Exactly, exactly. And so now you're sort of, from, from what I can see, you're giving back to yourself. You're giving back in memory of your three mothers by looking after yourself, looking after mm -hmm. your health and feeling so much better, right? Right, exactly. And one thing you mentioned, uh, I had a commitment to myself that if I, if I, if I lost the weight, when I, not if I lost weight, but when I lost the weight, I would do two things. I would buy myself a Mercedes, and I never really drove a, a nice car because I really don't care about cars that much. But that's that's what I wanted to do if I lost the weight. And the other thing I promised I would do is I would spend the rest of my life in my retirement years trying to help people lose weight and do intermittent fasting and identify their problems, uh, not charging anything for it. I just want to help people. So I have a Facebook group that I started about a year ago. And so we, you know, we kind of talk about it on that. And I've found a few people that help who have lost significant weight by trying to, it's really hard to get people to go to the detail that I went to the Try to lose weight and in fact it's almost impossible because it's really a lot for people to do that's just what i needed to do yeah so i try to get people to pick different concepts that i have and maybe latch on to one of them or something that might help you yes that's lovely i'm in your group and it's it's wonderful that you know we each have our own way of helping people our own approaches. And some people will resonate more with your approach, others with my approach, others with Jim Stevens' approach. It's all mm -hmm. good because there's plenty mm -hmm. of room for everyone. Yeah, the, the thing I like about your approach, and it seems to be a little different than most everybody else, you make it clear that there isn't any really pressure of any rules that you give to people, um, whether it's intermittent fasting or how they eat or how much to eat. And people can have sugar, they don't have to have sugar. You're just really bringing up something that's kind of unique. And that's kind of, I like your business model as well as what you're doing for people. I think it's very unique and you want to have something unique in business. I mean, maybe it's out there, but I haven't seen anybody take approach, especially with the fermented foods and all that, which I'm interested to learning more about. Yes, with the fermented foods, you, you were telling me that you like pickles and, you know, I can teach you how to make lacto-fermented pickles with great pleasure that don't need um, vinegar, but that actually ferment in brine. And that in itself, looking after your gut health and eating fermented foods and drinks, that helps with cravings. Once you cut sugar, it'll help you not have the cravings or at least lessen the cravings. And mm -hmm. it helps in all ways for your general health. It's amazing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the only thing I'm concerned about is I've never really cooked and I'm worried that I, I might not know how to do it. So my question is, is, can you buy fermented foods? I really hadn't, I'm just sitting here thinking about it if you don't yes. want to make it yourself. Yes, and you're lucky you're in the States. You, you've got a whole wide range. I'll, I'll send you some information. 
um, a whole wide range of brands that sell lacto-fermented raw fermented foods and drinks. But mm -hmm. it's funny because you mentioned cooking. Lucky for you, you don't have to do much. The good bacteria does all the cooking in air quotes. Uh -huh. but, and actually, they do all the work. You just sit back and let them get on with it. That's cool. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to learn more about it. And, yeah. Uh, all right. Well, I love talking about that stuff. You love talking about intermittent fasting, and I love talking about fermentation. <laughs> well, it sounds like your your story is really interesting, and in what you what you've been able to do. And uh, um, it's, it sounds like you've had a really big problem there for a while for a while yeah. with your sugar and everything. And it's cool that you you were able to do that and help other people with it. That's that's kind of what I like to see. Yeah. Well, you know, we're both helping people in our own way. And the more people that feel better in this world, I think, the better. Yeah, it's, it's really kind of sad, you know, what's going on and why so many people are unhealthy and what we've been taught all our lives. And I know we've, we've talked about this at nauseum, but um, it really is a problem. And there's a, there's a lot we can, we can do. Yeah. If everybody will just tell one other person what works for them and encourage them on. Um, I'm not bashful about telling people what I'm doing and uh, tell it to them. And if they like, you know, they usually they tell them you're doing intermittent fasting. They, they think you're crazy, but I'm going to still tell people and maybe it'll, it'll dawn on them one day that that might be a good idea. I really do believe in it. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe our collective definition of crazy will change from mm -hmm. oh it's crazy just to eat once or twice a day to oh it's crazy to eat every two hours like a newborn i think that's gonna happen one day <laughs> i think so too <laughs> well thank you so much martin for talking to me lovely to meet you okay you too and thank you so much for having me today you're welcome bye-bye gosh isn't martin's story inspiring especially how far he came from his upbringing and his way of seeing desserts and food and his own health. And I find it fascinating how Martin applied the concepts and approach of business to his own health. I'd never heard of that before. And basically, whatever approach works for you is the right approach for you. So thank you, Martin, for being such an inspiring guest. And if you're looking for some free resources to help you cut sugar and enjoy the real sweetness in your life, then I have some for you on the Life After Sugar Facebook page, the Life After Sugar YouTube channel, and now on my new TikTok account. And come and subscribe to my Instagram account at MyLifeAfterSugar. You'll find recipes, inspiration and sugar-free tips in all of those free resources, as well as on my website, aftersugarclub.com. And that's where you'll be able to join the After Sugar Club, which is where you'll get all the support, the accountability, the insight and the encouragement you need to make your intermittent fasting lifestyle easier and your cravings disappear when you cut sugar. You probably know that cutting sugar has many, many benefits. But how to live happily sugar-free is a challenge for many, many people. And maybe it is for you too. So if you need help and support and guidance and accountability to live a healthier lifestyle when you cut sugar, 
Then join the After Sugar Club. Go to aftersugarclub.com and click on the green button to join the club. Thank you for listening. That's it for this week. Keep in touch and see you soon for another episode.